Hello, Ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Here with me, your host, Colton G. And today on the show, we're joined by lead singer of Andre Pettipus and the Giants. Yes, that's right. Andre Pettipus himself is joining us here on this episode to dive behind the group's sophomore album, which just released last Friday. It is entitled No Fools, No Fun, but don't let the title fool you because this album is jam-packed full of fun and homage to the rock music that Andre Pettipus and the Giants grew up on in which they loved and not just paying homage, but also sees some of those inspirations also helping the band out in various forms as they had quite a few different producers helping out with this album. And they also had one, Christopher Thorne of Blind Melon helping out with guitar on one of the tracks on this album. That being Homesick, which we're going to dive into. We're going to dive into a couple of these tracks. We're going to dive into the path of the crafting of this album from the 2016 release of the group's debut album, Stay Gold. So five years of building, of growing, and we're diving all behind it right here today on the Desert Tiger Podcast, and it's all brought to you by DesertTigerMerch.com, where you go to copy yourself something to represent the show. And now that you know who the show's brought to you by, and now that you know who our guest is, it's about time that Andre Pettipus took us behind. No fools, no fun, so let's go. The Desert Tiger Podcast. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going pretty good. How are you? Good. Just just moved into a new home today, so I'm getting this. There we go. There. Yeah, I had a busy day. It was up around uh, 5 a.m., moved my new house in, and now I'm just hanging at the uh, studio with my drummer, and my Wi-Fi didn't, didn't come in time, so he's an uh, engineer at a local studio so he's like yeah come on over we'll just hang out here okay well i mean whatever whatever it takes to make the machine work right (laughs) exactly man how's your day going uh going pretty good pretty toasty here on my side of the country but we're trying to keep it as cool as possible and i mean i'm pretty excited to rock this interview so all's good all is good (laughs) 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 gonna be a good evening I'm ready to unwind, so it's a perfect time. Some, so you're ready to dive a little bit into this musical journey as well, then? Hell yeah, man. Uh, I'm like an open book. Awesome, awesome. Well, I want to lay a little bit of a foundation for the listener before we jump fully into this new album. So are you ready to dive on in? Let's do it, man. Dive bums away. All right. So let's jump on in with your debut EP, Away, or um, Stay Gold, released in 2016. And our first taste of this new 
album here, No Fools, No Fun, actually came in 2018 with Swedish Motel. So when did this actually begin to uh, come together here? So the journey for this started in 2018, and we won the 2000... uh, It's actually the 2017 Homegrown Challenge that Q104 had on. That's a local radio station. And there was 150 bands competing. And our band ended up winning out of those 150 bands. So we won 15,000 in prizes, which included five grand from Long McQuaid, five grand from a local studio, and then five grand of artist development, which we still haven't used yet because we recorded the industry demo and we ended up shopping that around. We ended up in Sweden, which is totally a fluke, like has nothing to do with the Swedish motel. Wow. And it doesn't have anything to do with the motel. No, it was like, we, we were about to release this song in, I think it was July of 2018. And I got an email saying, um, would you guys like to f- uh, showcase at this festival called Live at Heart in Sweden? I was like, wow, this is insanity because we're just releasing a song called The Swedish Motel. I think the universe was trying to tell us something. And so we went there and did that. And we met, uh, met a guy at the airport that I can't say too much details about it yet because this is all going to come out in, uh, in the upcoming months. But we met an important dude in the industry and we're, we've been working for the last few years with them. And so we got some more big news coming after the album is released. But that's how it all started was with that uh, Homegrown Challenge. And Q104 has been instrumental in our growth and building this album. So we had four tracks on that industry demo. And eventually, we went to Canadian Music Week the following year. And that, that made us work with Brian Monkers, who heard the Swedish Motel in, uh, on radio in Toronto. And he said, dude, who the hell are you guys? This was when I was on stage in Sweden. I was just about to go on stage and he sends me a Facebook inbox. He's like, man, um, please hit me up. Let me know what your guys' plans are. So I said, I'm just about to hit the stage. I'll send you a message after the show. And in Sweden time, this is five hours in the difference. So I messaged him. It was like 2 a.m. There it was only, it was like 10 o'clock there, nine o'clock, sorry. And so we hit it off and then we got back to Canada and started talking to him for months. And then we eventually landed uh, meeting him in Toronto the next spring, which would be spring of 2019 to start tracking the album. We went showcased at Canadian Music Week. Then we drove back home to Nova Scotia because we had to work for a couple days and drove back out to Toronto to begin tracking. And that's when it all kind of started. So quite the process here. And it's crazy how it is, is like sometimes you never know, like, where some things will lead you and like what steps are going to take you somewhere because like okay you went a local radio thing and i was like you never really know where like that itself can go and then just for it to like just blow up into something else and then into something else and then into something else and it's just it's crazy how it just like all sort of falls together just from that moment yeah and that's why i think you got to take those risks the high risks because we we took that festival and we paid for our own flights to get over there and it was all an investment because it's one of those festivals like um, the, uh, what's the one down in Texas, uh, South by. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those with all these delegates. So we met people from all parts of the world, like from Japan. And we, we got to meet a lot of cool people that we've been using as contacts throughout the last few years to build this album, to build the release. So it, it was one of our best investments. We, we built a, quite an extensive team from that trip alone. Wow. And it's, it's, that's a very important piece just right there. Cause some people don't realize, cause it's a music industry, it's a music business and there's so many different things. And I like that you word it as 
this was an investment because sometimes you don't see the return from an investment right away, but like that opportunity and what was able to come from that alone, like you say, networking, probably just with not just with industry people, but other bands, other people that run festivals and all of these other factors, which it'll pay off in time. But a lot of people maybe just look for instant gratification. Exactly. They look at that plane ticket and they go, well, I can't do that. I can't sell that much merch in Sweden. No, that's it, man. And like, literally, I think that's what a lot of bands have to get past. They don't really invest in themselves. And then why is somebody going to invest in you if you don't want to spend a little money on your product or on your brand, you know what I mean? So I think that's the most important thing. If you're willing to spend money and invest in who you are, someone is going to be willing to do it on, spend it on you. That is also another amazing point because what record label is just going to jump in and they see somebody who's not investing the time or the energy into their product and go, okay, well, let's just go and give them thousands <laughs> of dollars. Yeah, we're not in the 80s anymore and we don't have bands like Guns N' Roses that are going to blow your head off on the first album. Exactly, right? We just can't put this group together and just like, all right, well, I'll just uh, make it happen. Here's some money. All right, Yeah, here, just... here's a couple million dollars and here's a few weeks. Have this done. We don't care about the details. Here's Slash. Make it happen. Exactly, yeah. So you don't see that anymore and that's, that's the most scary thing about the industry. You never know when your next break is going to be. You never know who you're talking to. You never know who you're in a room with. That's why you got to invest and you got to go play every show, no matter if there's 10 people in the room or if there's a thousand people in the room. We go out and do the same thing every night. And it's like, to me, you don't know who's going to be in the crowd. And I want to make sure even if there's a couple people there, a handful, they're going to tell their friends, they're like, I had this band. Next time they're going to show up and they're, bring, they're bringing their fans. And that's, that's the kind of thing that we strove for the last few years. We've been just bust, busting our asses on the road and just making fans no matter where we go because we are working we're a working man's band like we're a blue collar i work a day job i do sheet metal work so i'll do that and then i'll go play music in the nighttime and i'll do band work as soon as i get off work so i think that blue collar hard work is what uh that has helped us throughout the years too mm -hmm. well and it's those fans help you out throughout the years too because as you say it starts out and they bring their friends they play the music for their friends they share the music whatever how they decide to help it they don't know just how much it plays an important factor in this either it's exactly it like we want to engage with our fans every day and make new fans and it's just we want to show our personal side. We don't just want to be a band out there doing thing. Here's our songs. So like we like to play these live streams over the last year. That was a huge thing for me. I went every Saturday night and did a Saturday night in and got to chat with the fans while I was playing and just get to know what their their likes are and their, you know, their niches are. So that really helped us determine our fan base and see what we can go towards next the next step, see what works and what doesn't. Hmm. Absolutely. For sure. And it's it even then it just continues to keep you connected and they build a relationship with you. And then the next time that you go out on the road, they maybe want to come out that little bit more because they feel more like a friend than. Yeah, exactly, man. And that's what we that, that's exactly what we're striving for. We want to be connected with everybody. Everybody's like full of their own problems. And when you're playing music, that just all disappears. So we want that to be a, a complete connection the whole we want the audience to feel nothing feel no pain just feel in the moment live for the moment and that's that's our brand that's what we do we go we go out there and we give it give balls to the wall i guess we'll say at every performance 
Some. Well, I love to hear that. And let's take it back into the studio because, as you mentioned there, this was recorded in Ontario with the incredible uh, Brian Moncur- Moncars taking care of like the majority of the production here. So, what did Brian bring to the studio? And I happen to see that you also happen to have quite a few uh, other illustrious. Uh, producers helping out with this album as well. So what did they also sort of uh, bring to this new collection? So Brian was one of the best connections we've made in the business so far. His energy alone just made us play that much better. He made us relax so much more. He's literally like, as soon as we met him, he was like a best friend. Giving you advice. He wasn't too pushy. He wasn't too rude. He was never rude about anything. It's like, boys, if just sit back, you guys got it. And we'll take a five minute break. We'll go do this if if we're getting frustrated at all. And it just seemed like he was a, the fifth member of the band rather than a guy trying to tell us what to do behind a microphone. And he literally, he's like, do what you guys do. You guys know what you're all about. He said, I'm just going to help you on these little things that need to make that song that much better. And that was the most important thing. He gave us that extra confidence because we knew ourselves that we had songs that we wanted to sound just like this. And he knew he had the same flavor, same kind of liking the music so the relationship worked so well and like we were already planning for our next album to work with them and we couldn't be more stoked to do that we've got about 20 songs prepped for the next album which we haven't even released this one so it's like we can't wait to get this out tour it and we'll we'll begin recording probably in the winter i'd say for the next one and we had um John Angus McDonald of The Trues, who is one of my favorite all-time bands. The Trues grew up half an hour down the road from me in Antigonish. I, I grew up in Antigonish County, and they were just in Antigonish. And like grew up loving their music and just seeing what they did coming from a small town and being able to make themselves known by the country and their hard work, you know what I mean? is something admirable. And I met John Angus um, at Canadian Music Week as well. We were there and we met up. Um, he was with uh, Jay from the Glorious Sons. We were uh, watching Brother Elsie, which is a band that Jay um, manages. So they were there for Canadian Music Week. We were watching their showcase. I pitched the idea to John Angus. I said, dude, I'm going to send you the demos and it's like, see what song might work the best. He's like, hell yeah, man, let's do it. So the tune was the, uh, I guess it'd be the second single released, but the first planned single released from the upcoming album. And it's called Sympathy Card. And he's like, yeah, I like this one. It's like uh, Zeppelin meets some CCR. I was like, cool, I like, like that. He's like, let's just strip it down to three chords. Because the demo was a bit more, there's a bit more changes and a bit more moves to it. And he's like, no, man, we're going rock and roll. Let's do it. So he came in, he was in, uh, where was it at? He was overseas with the troops, playing for the troops the week before. So he was on, on that. And he came back the night before at like, um, a red eye flight. So he was in the studio with us at 11 a.m. We started working at 11 a.m. and finished up the whole song by 2 a.m. the next morning. So we went all day and him after being gone, red eye flight and still came in and so focused, but so fun with his approach to music. He's just gets into it and he's like, he knows what he wants to hear and he knows these little nuances. There was a part in the song where he's like, okay, don't go so much up. He's like, go down with the Freddy do that low and then go up. I'm like, cool. See, like little things like that are what makes the producer really important in the studio. It's to take you to a new spot that you don't usually go for. It's like, all right, now I just learned something new from you that you probably use. 
Hmm. It's that not just another set of ears, but a refined set of ears. Exactly, man. And he's, he was, uh, he's been great helping us along with contacts and advice as well. Like he, um, he's just been awesome. Another mentor for us really. Awesome. Well, John, it happens to be a uh, past guest of the show actually. So I happen to know just how incredible he happens to be from just, uh, giving advice, speaking to him and otherwise and it's pretty awesome that he just came into the studio already ready to go like you said yeah man balls to the wall for a pretty much a balls to the wall rocker of a (laughs) song yeah man like it just he's like let's go 100 rock and roll he's like play this chord like you're playing an acdc song and i'm like i'm not usually like that i'm more of a strummy like a like a steve miller kind of floaty on the guitar but he's like no just stab at it let it ring out and i'm like cool so that's how they do it. And it's just those little nuances that make it that much more aggressive or it makes it that much more of a feel. So it's cool for me. I've been playing music for 17 years. And my favorite thing about music is as I'm learning new things every day. And I think that's why collaborating with people is so much fun for me. It's, it's getting another person's input and it's getting their views, their little trips, uh, tricks and tips. So that was a really cool experience. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredible because it's like you say, there's so many things to learn, even though like the instrument's been around for how many years, how many different exactly. people have played it. But everyone starts at a different point. They learn through a different method and maybe they learn different aspects of the game. And then it's really awesome to be able to just take it to somebody else. Just to be like, man, just just power chug it like totally. <laughs> it's, it's those little things and like everybody has their different influences. I think that's what makes each player so unique is what they like. It's like I like borrowing tips and tricks from each guy, and that's that's what's so cool about music. <laughs> you're constantly learning, you're constantly evolving, your likes are constantly evolving. So it's like you're never gonna get. I don't, I've never been stuck on one of those treadmills where it's like I can't think of something new because I'm just gonna go put on a new record that I haven't heard yet. And it's like, okay, that's cool. I'll learn from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you guys actually happen to have somebody else for happen from maybe a past uh, influence from music step in and help out, not in the production sense, but help out with your latest single with Homesick. You had a member of Blind Melon sort of uh, lay down some guitar for the track. So take us behind Homesick and what it was like to have Christopher Thorne on the track. So this is like still blows my mind that we were able to have Christopher Thorne on the track. Blind Melon has been my favorite band since I began playing music at age 12. Like, I got my very first tattoo at age 16, and the lyric was, I want to write my words on the face of today, and then they'll paint it from change. And it's just been over the years. Oh, man, it's my favorite song of all time. And just Blind Melon did things so much differently than every other band. It was, they felt that Southern rock, but they had this psych vibe to them that took them to new places, and it wasn't something that was too overproduced or too saturated it was fun they were playing there and they were enjoying it they were taking you on a trip and like we were in the studio recording homesick and we had the track done the bed done the vocals were done and me and brian the producer were talking he's like a slide part would be cool on that chorus i was like yeah that'd be deadly man and he's like i know just the guy i said okay who he's like christopher thorne i was like what so he said him and Christopher had lunch the following year at NAM in California. So that's the music convention with all the new equipments and gear. And he said, Christopher said if he had any projects that he thought was worthwhile to send it his way. And so he said, 
I think this song is going to do well for you guys. I want to use use uh, this email and you know what I mean? I'm going to send it out to Christopher, see what he thinks. So he dug the track and a couple weeks later, we get this fuzzed out tremolo soaked part from Christopher. And I literally was there. I put my in-ear monitors on when Brian sent me. He's like, I threw it in the mix. I just had to get it to you quickly. There's not much work to it done yet, but I knew you've been waiting. And he sent it to me and I literally just started crying. I was like, dude, I grew up on a road with 30 people in little Nova Scotia and a small county and just had one of my favorite musicians from my favorite all-time band play on song we wrote. So it's like, it's mind-blowing. And the song has been doing great for us. Like, it's, uh, it's been out for, I think, 10 or 11 days. And we just hit um, number nine on the top Canadian contact download or content downloads from Yangaroo DMDS. That's all of radio in Canada. And then we're the uh, number two for indie downloads for all of Canada as well. So it was like some good traction. And with the release coming up next week, it's, I think it was a great time. The only hardest part about it was waiting to put it out. Because we've had this album done since last October, before the pandemic started. And it's like, we planned, we had a tour lined up. We, we had three dates with Buck Cherry. And we were supposed to go to Canadian Music Week. And we had a festival lined up in Japan and another one in India. And so that was planning for the album release and boom, pandemic. So holding off on this, it was like, we wanted to pair this release and these songs with our live show. And that was a crucial thing. And we couldn't wait any longer. We're like, okay, no matter what, this summer, July 9th, we're doing it. And the world just started opening back up. It was like, the stars aligned. It's like, okay, you guys waited long enough. You persevered. Here's a present from you from the universe. <laughs> awesome. And like you mentioned, you have that opportunity once again and over in Nova Scotia. I see you already have a couple dates announced here in July and otherwise. So already returning to the stage, taking this new album to the fans. Yeah, dude. Like we play, um, we were supposed to play July 1st, which we weren't advertising as a Canada Day gig because of the recent findings from our indig- indigenous friends. And I grew up in a school that had, it was a multiracial school, multicultural, sorry. So I had a lot of friends from the indigenous culture that I played in my basketball team, my soccer team. And I was seeing this and I was just, it was hitting home for me because I grew up around these guys and to see what their, their um, culture had to endure is like, we shouldn't be celebrating. We sh- there shouldn't be fireworks. So we canceled that gig and we rescheduled it to the following Friday. Um, so the second and invited my friends, the Kaju boys, which is grandma's boys. And they're going to play a drum circle to start the show off. And we want to learn from the past to work towards a better future. I think showcasing different artists and different styles of music is what we can do. We have this show booked already. Let's use our platform so that our friends can speak what they're, what's ailing them right now. And I think that was, uh, it's going to be one of the coolest shows we've done in a while. And that's, that's the album release. That's our early physical CD release. So the world gets a little taste of the local world gets the taste to come grab a physical copy this Friday. And then we're back. Uh, the actual release is on July 9th. Then we've got a gig on the 10th. And then every weekend we're booked up for the summer. And then we're going to hit Ontario in September and hopefully go further west either in November or late October. And then uh, we've got plans for Australia, and then we want to hit the UK in the spring, and then do the festival circuit next summer in Canada. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, get out there as soon as you can. And the fans should definitely stay posted to the social media channels to make sure that when those dates do get announced, that they can know when it's going down in their town. And I also just want to mention that I appreciate you guys using not only your platform, but also the healing powers of music to help out your friends, their community. And it's because as Canada, like you say, we need to learn from the past so that we can heal, grow together, and then go into the future. Exactly, man. That's the only way we can do it. We can't erase the past. We can't erase what's already been done, but we can educate everybody else about it. And if everybody has a little bit more of an open mind and want to grow together, like we can be unstoppable. The world can literally take each other's hands rather than fighting and bickering at the mouth. And we can literally be unstoppable. I think there's just so much negativity rolled into it. And there's too many people that just focus on not growing and focus on that. It's like beating a dead horse. It's like, let's learn from it. Let's figure out how we're going to improve and let's collaborate to make this a better better situation for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it is. There's a lot of misinformation from various sources on this because some people are trying to use fear of certain things to try and drive their own agendas or whatever it happens to be. And it's it's it shouldn't have to be that difficult. It should be is we acknowledge that there has been pain here. Yeah, man, there's no lying. (laughs) Yeah, there's no denying what has happened. It's like, wow, we've we've literally covered all of this and our our um, our government, the religion, all that stuff is like, man, you don't know who to trust. And so now it's like us as the people, as the small people, if we work harder together, we can overcome all of this and Take any bit of opportunity you can to help showcase a platform. If you have something, let your friends speak. Let's see why why everybody's hurting. Like, don't overstep. Understand more. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Open up and actually listen. Exactly, man. Your ears are there for a reason. This thing doesn't always have to be going. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have enjoyed this conversation of this new album, the return of live music and, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, social and, you know, current things that are happening inside of our own country and how, you know, we can move forward from these moments and be better people i've had a fantastic time chatting here today andre i've got one last question are you ready for it yep all right so like i said we have just discussed all of these various topics this long three-year process of finally crafting and releasing this album so what i would like to know now is in this time how has it helped you grow as a person or what has it taught you about yourself? So No Fools No Fun teaches me to not take everything so seriously. Like we need to go out there. Like I said, forget about the problems for a minute. When we're on the stage, it's go out there, give, give yourself a little bit of time out of your own head. And this is, this is what we wrote the album about. It's like we enjoy entertaining. We enjoy writing songs together. And I think once that happens, it's like work hard, but make that stage your platform to do the things you want to do and have fun with it because we're not going to get out of this alive. It's the world is a crazy place. And if we can't have fun with it, why, why are we even doing it? We began playing music 
at such a young age because we loved the sound of music. We loved it. The business side can stress you out majorly, but just take a step back and realize why you started playing. I think that's why our band gets long and that's why we sound like we're having fun in our songs. It's because we're all friends. We're not hired guns. It's literally four best friends going out there, writing tunes together. And even at our rehearsals, we don't practice quiet. We're out there at volumes 10. We're going as if we're playing a live show. So I think for me, that's it. It's just keep on focusing on why you're doing this. The reason why you began playing music is the reason why I'm still playing music. Absolutely. And I think that this past year has definitely given a lot of people the time to do that. Because like you said, the industry can maybe be a little daunting, maybe be a little overwhelming. But I think the fact that a lot of us have had to step away from those live shows and being on the road and sort of being inside of that hustle and bustle, it sort of maybe had to force some of us to realize, why do we do this? Exactly, man. It's like finding that time to really focus on why you're there doing the music you've always loved to do. And finally getting back on stage is going to be a treat. This is our first band show in half a year. And it's for the release of our album that we've been waiting to release for three years. So you know what I mean? It's like, we had this time off. We spent the time working, but it was social distance. Like we did a bunch of cover videos. We did, we did songwriting virtually. I was like, anything to stay busy and stay connected with each other. And now we get to go back and do what we love. Uh, yeah, and it feels so good. And I can't wait to be inside of one of those crowds. But until then, Andre, thank you so much for joining me here today on the Desert Tiger Podcast. That's been great, brother. Oh, Am, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Andre Patapas as we dove behind Andre Patapas and the Giants' brand new album, No Fools, No Fun. And you can find the whole album in its entirety right now over on your favorite music streaming service. And when you're there, hit follow. You also want to go ahead and follow Andre Patapas and the Giants on social media so when they start announcing tour dates when they announce their next album all of the fun stuff that they have going on you're not gonna miss out on a single moment of it and with that it's now time to thank andre patapas one last time for joining us here on today's episode of the show and i need to thank the team over at strut entertainment for going ahead and setting this conversation up. I need to thank German at yourpodcasteditor.com for making everything sound so good. And I need to thank you, last but not least, the wonderful, the loyal, the dedicated Ambush for tuning on in to this interview. If you've yet to join with the Ambush, it's as easy as subscribing to the DTP. You can also help the show by sharing this episode, giving us a five-star review over on Apple iTunes. And you can also head on over to DesertTigerMerch.com to copy yourself something to represent the show everywhere that you go. And with that, it's about time that we say our bye-byes, but not before I tell you to go find your roar and then let it out into the world. Let them know just how powerful 
wondrous, beautiful, incredible, driven, determined that you are because you are all of these things and oh so freaking much more and I hope that you believe it and until next time bye bye the desert tiger podcast <laughs>